Welcome to the NFL MVP Momentum Podcast. I'm Sam Holcroft, joined alongside Peyton Thompson. Before we begin, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at MomentumMVP and follow our Facebook page at MVP Momentum Podcast. And don't forget, in less than a week, we have our very first Super Bowl live stream where we will have games, stories, and even fun interactions. We are also doing this along with our uh, fundraiser partnered with United Way. For more about them, uh, click on the link in the description. All right, PT. So we're it's Super Bowl week. The Pro Bowl's right. said and done. Uh, we can talk yeah. about the Pro Bowl during our live stream. Um, so we got yeah. the Eagles and Chiefs. You know, these are two teams that have been on fire all season. Uh, before we even talk about the Super Bowl, let's recap what happened in those conference championship games. So th- the day before that Saturday, I was working, and of course, I, since I'm the pro license manager, everyone's asking me, "Hey, who's who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl?" And I said, honestly, I could see all four scenarios happening, but I was telling people, I feel like there's going to be a blowout. I can't tell you which game, but I feel a blowout's happening. And it was, it ended up being that Eagles 49ers. Yeah. Were, were you expecting that game to be the blowout? No, not at all. I mean, and I mean, if we're being honest, I wasn't expecting either game to be a blowout. Um, but I definitely wasn't expecting it to be that one. Um, especially like with the, how the game script went, like it was just really weird. I mean, as far as like, you know, you can't really predict injuries. Um, and so with the 49ers going on to their fourth quarterback, it's at that point they're, you know, they're reaching for anything they can have. So, I mean, it's tough to predict that kind of injury um, and hopefully Brock Purdy can get healthy. Um, but, you know, it's, it's tough, man. It's, injuries hit at sometimes the worst moments. And for this year, the 49ers just have had super bad luck with their quarterbacks and it kind of just really caught up to them, I suppose. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to think that if I would have told you, before the game started, that Brock Purdy was going to throw a hundred percent completion percentage, and the 49ers were still going to lose. Would would you would you have called BS there? Well, no. I mean, I I could see it being realistic option if uh, you know in a case like this where he only throws you know a handful of passes or or whatnot. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, it, that's that's a crazy stat. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know he had a didn't have an incompletion before he got hurt, but. I guess he's got that yeah but i mean this just this just shown like even though that even though that the eagles have what people call a cakewalk to the super bowl i mean the giants were one of the hotter teams going into the playoffs they played really good you know in the last second half of the season and against the vikings and the eagles took care of business the 49ers, although the 49ers did have their fourth string quarterback and then Brock had to go back in because Josh Johnson went down, they still put up 31 points on that uh, San Francisco defense, who, I mean, in all honesty, was a top three defense all season. So, so yeah, the, the Eagles deserve to be in this championship. And you can say that they've had a cakewalk, but, I mean – they're putting up numbers. They're putting up points, and you can only beat who you play. So I think that this this Eagles team is out to to prove, like, hey, we're, we're not a fluke. We're we're still gonna go try to win the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. You think they? You think? 
I mean, yeah, I definitely had that sense with the Eagles, even since, you know, even when they were on their hot streak and Jalen Hurts was kind of dealing with injury, like throughout the year, even from the beginning until now, you can still see that they even like the coaching staff and the players, they got that chip on their shoulder, like the job's not done. You know, it's not a team that I think, you know, that they're sleeping on anybody. They're they're coming prepared, um, you know, and they, they look really good right now um, and they, they haven't. They haven't let anything really get to them as far as injuries or outside noise or internal stuff. You know, they, they've really been firing on all cylinders. You, we, we can what if about everything, but like right. the, oh, the biggest question is what if Brock didn't get hurt? Would that game have been something different? I think the Eagles probably still would have won, but it might have been just a one-position game in all honesty. Yeah, it could have been. I don't know. Like you said, it's always hard to tell with what ifs, you know, there's so many variables to, you know, one player or to this player getting hurt and whatnot, you know, it's such a small margin of error and it's like one play makes a huge difference. But yeah, like you said, I still would have the Eagles winning um, just because of how the game naturally went and how many points they put up on the defense. I mean, the 49ers are going to have to pretty much keep pace scoring anyways, um, if they wanted to keep in the game with the Eagles. So yeah, like you said, it was really it really came down to the defenses at the end of the day and the 49ers just couldn't hold the Eagles. Yeah. And now talking about the AFC game. Now this was a very very interesting game because uh-huh. it was just it felt like it was back and forth at all times. But PT, let me ask you. Did you have a did you have a problem with the officiating? So I don't think I necessarily had a problem with it at certain points, but I think at certain points it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. So, for example, the last call as far as roughing the passer on Mahomes, um, I don't remember what bangle it was. Um, what's his name? Uh, well, anyways, he had been playing really well the whole game, and, and I feel like in that instance you could tell he wasn't really trying to rough him, but by call – it, it was the right call, and so it really is tough, and it's hard to swallow, and it's not really the way you want to see games won down the stretch, especially in the playoffs. Um, and I don't think it's great for viewership, but it, at the same time, it's it was the right call at that moment, and it just happened to give them the few extra yards to hit the field goal to win the game. But um, but when you talk about the optics of things, it wasn't a great look. But it's like if it wasn't if it wasn't called and they missed the field goal then they could have been saying, you know, people could have been saying the other thing around. So, I mean, you got to live and die with the calls. And, you know, it never – even games like this that are really close, it's a, it's a culmination of things. So you can't always blame it on one player or another, even though it may come down to one play. It's 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 a culmination of the whole game. But, yeah, it's it's kind of a tough line to walk with the, with the refing for sure. And see, like that last – basically that last play of the game – uh, that was easily uh, lay hit out of bounds by mm-hmm. I think his name is Joseph Asai. Asai, yeah. And um, and that should be called. You know, he was. It's not one of those where they initiated contact in the field of play. They were two steps out of bounds, almost yeah. on almost on the green, outside of the uh, out of bounds line. Yeah, and that that should be called you know a hundred percent of the time. But what really when I first watching it, there was a ref that was right there, 
and he wasn't the guy that threw the flag. It was the back judge, you know, that was like uh-huh. by like the by the twenty yard line. He threw it, right. and, and as soon as I saw that flag coming, I'm like, okay, come on, like obviously he was in bounds, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> Looking at the replay, I'm like, oh my gosh, how did you not throw that flag when it happened like right in front of you? Yeah. So I was just – and then there was on the Bengals' last drive, there was an, the intentional grounding, which, yes, it didn't get past the line of scrimmage, but Pirine was not even like five yards yeah. away. Yeah. It's like – That was that was another questionable, yeah. And then uh, that third and nine – where they got to redo the play. That was yeah. very interesting. And I understand like rules are rules and that ref was calling coming in and calling it, but like how did only one ref know that time was not supposed to be running in that certain situation? You know, out of the entire crew, that one guy was like, "Hey, ref or time shouldn't be running." Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there needs to be better communication or better year-to-year training or or what it is and it's hard to say like if it's getting worse or better it's kind of hard to tell but you know it's it is a problem and it, it's unfortunate that it have it's happening in the playoffs um in other playoff ha- moments happen like this as well but um you know there there has to be some kind of course of action i'm just not exactly sure what i don't know because like we hold refs and officials like standards very high, you know, I mean, almost any, any sports game that you watch, there's at least two or three missed calls that you can easily count, you know, Hmm. like in any game, whether they're obvious, like the Lakers and Celtics over a week ago with LeBron getting fouled and not getting called, or even if it's just a simple holding, you know, you never, you can always count multiple, but down the stretch, you need those refs and officials to make the right calls. And like we're not going to we're not going to moan and complain about a call that happened in the first quarter. We're going to moan and complain about something that happened in that last five plays. Like yeah, for example, on that scramble that led to the late hit out of bounds, if you watch all three defensive linemen were being held. All three of them. Yeah. And n- there was no holding call at all. So it's like it's kind of like what if like what if one of those would have been called? You know, that late hit still happens, but instead of it being, you know, a 25-yard play like it was, it would only end up being five because a holding's worth 10, and then the late hit, which right. was after the play, counts as 15 and an automatic first down. So we would have had a Hail Mary play to see if the Chiefs would have won or we would have been playing overtime. So, yeah. But nonetheless, Patrick Mahomes played a great game. Uh, even with one and a half feet <laughs> and uh, having his top three wide receivers all go down and he has his top running back down, you know, his defense played good enough to win. So yeah, in, in the end, the chiefs just wanted it more than the Bengals. What, what we, yeah. we can, we can talk about officials all we want, but I mean, the Chiefs just wanted it that much more than the Bengals because there's teams that, that get screwed by the refs all the time, yet they still fight and go and win that game. So right. but so now we have the Chiefs and Eagles in the Super Bowl. So 
What's probably the biggest storyline that you're looking forward to during the Super Bowl? Oh, the biggest storyline? I mean, you know, Mahomes winning another one could do a lot for his legacy, but I think when you look at Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and you think about how relatively young that offense is and how good of a foundation they have and picks in the future to get even better than they are right now, if the Eagles can end up winning this, um, it could really set their franchise ahead, you know, who knows how long it could put them in the top bracket of the NFC for a long time. Um, but also Mahomes winning his, what it would it be second championship was his third time to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, that would be huge for his legacy as well. I would say. Yeah. And I think the, the biggest storyline is how good can Patrick Mahomes play with most of his receivers being down. I mean, right now, looking at the injury report for the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs on offense. McCall Hardman, who had a pelvis uh, injury earlier this year, uh, re-injured that in that AFC game. He's doubtful. Juju has a knee injury. He's questionable. Had, neither one of them have practiced yet. And neither has Kadarius Toney, who has an ankle hamstring kind of injury. He hasn't participated in practices at all, and he's also questionable. And then they, there's also a few guys on defense that are questionable. Uh, but just talking about those wide receivers, like if he doesn't have Tony, Juju, and Hardman, and it's only Valdez, Scantley, Sky Moore, and I think Marcus Kemp, I think is the is number six yeah. guy. Yeah. I with with how I believe Slay and Bradbury were both all pros. I might be mistaken on that. I know Slay was at least. Slay was for sure. No, that's a tough secondary to go up against even with all your weapons. Yeah, like that's that that's going to be a juggernaut, like two juggernauts just going at it if they're both healthy. But I think that defense mm-hmm. might get the best of this offense because I don't think that they would have to blitz. In all honesty, I think you, yeah, trust, they- you trust your secondary enough to, to hold those receivers down because yeah. is Patrick Mahomes going to be able to – to run around? Yeah, I don't think so. A bunch of yards, yeah. With Brandon Graham, Sue, and Fletcher Cox coming for you? I don't think uh, so. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. the biggest biggest story because if he can have – if Hardman doesn't play, which I'm expecting him not to play, and even if Juju and Tony still play, he's still going to have to play phenomenal. And I think that if the Chiefs win – uh, it would have to be Patrick Mahomes as Super Bowl MVP because that'd be pro- he'd probably have to play his greatest game that he's played in his career up to this point. Well, yeah. Yeah, and you got to think about it. Like, as far as these two teams stack up, that's really the only spot that I would – I mean, tight end as well, you could say. But as far as everything else, like defense and overall offense, that's really the only spot they have a major advantage at is, is the quarterback position. Um, like you could make the case that the the Eagles' weapons and offense as a whole is better than what the Chiefs have right now as a whole, even with Kelsey, um, just all around with, with AJ Devontae, um, and all those guys. So yeah, like you said, it's it's gonna have to be one of Mahomes' best best games of his career and one of the biggest moments of his career. Um, and so 
yeah, if, if he ends up winning and they look good on offense, then I don't see any other way that anybody gets Super Bowl MVP besides him. Yeah. And then another storyline that I'm very interested in is the Andy Reid versus Philadelphia storyline. Yeah. How he got kicked out of that city. Everyone wanted him gone. He goes to the Chiefs and has success almost immediately with a team that he didn't put together and started getting his own players, uh, drafted very well, and just ended up building a dynasty in Kansas City. And you can, I mean, they've each won a Super Bowl since Andy has left, but you can you can arguably say, like, Andy Reid's had the better situation after the breakup because the Eagles were bad for a while before they won the Super Bowl. Then they de-rest yeah. after winning the Super Bowl, and now they're climbing back up. Yeah, that that is a big storyline. Like you said, Andy Reid's had success with the Chiefs for a long time now, even before they had Patrick Mahomes. They were relatively successful. Um, but yeah, like the Eagles, they, they've had decent winning culture, but they've never really had a team like this, even in 2018, I believe it was. I feel like they... I mean, it was it was really good coaching as well uh, at the time, and they they had the pieces that made it work. But the the team wasn't based around Nick Foles, you know, and, and the the system, or it was based on the system, wasn't based on Nick Foles, and so they made the pieces to make it work. Um, and so yeah, but I I think this team is a lot better than that team even. So even just where you think about it comparatively, where Andy Reid is at, where the Eagles are at, I think they're both kind of happy where they are. And so I don't think that's going to be one of the main storylines just because I, I don't think there's a lot of heat there. I mean, maybe on a, a personal basis, but from a media kind of perspective, I don't think it's going to be a big story just because that, it was so long ago. And both sides have had relative success as of late. I mean, even the Eagles, you look at them, they won a Super Bowl and they're back to the Super Bowl. So I don't think even if they could have taken it back, it necessarily would. Um but, you know, it, it's definitely still there. Yeah. And, I mean, you also got to look at the coaches that Philadelphia has ran out since since then. I mean, they brought in Chip Kelly. They ran him out of town. They brought in Doug Peterson. The whole Carson Wentz yep. is the reason that he got ran out of town. Now they have Sirianni, who right now is is the good guy. But, I mean, yeah. so yeah. was Kelly. So was Doug Peterson. So yeah. That's true. That is true. So, but, all right. So, how are you expecting this game to play out, PT? You know, I'm going to expect the Chiefs to be relatively healthy. Um, I'm not, I'm counting on them to be, you know, probably halfway to decently healthy. Guys are going to play if they can because it's the Super Bowl. Um, I'm still expecting pretty high scoring. Um but I think the Eagles are going to win by a couple of touchdowns. I think they have a significant advantage on defense. Um, and I think they're just really in rhythm right now. I think even with the injuries that even Mahomes sustained and how much workload that Travis Kelsey and that defense have had to hold on to, I think they're just running out of steam a little bit. Um, and if they could have had a couple more uh, a couple more weeks of rest maybe um, or, you know, different bye week times, they could have had a little bit more preparation, you know, even if they – Possibly could have held on to Tyreek um, or had another number one wide receiver option. I feel like that could really change the outlook of this team, even previously a couple weeks ago to now, um, carrying more mo- momentum into the Super Bowl. 
Um, but I think the Eagles just have the momentum advantage and the defensive advantage um, and health. Um, so maybe not as far as coaching, you know, Sarani is still relatively unproven, but I think he's done a lot this year just as far as confidence for the guys um, and putting this team together. So, you know, I got the Eagles 27-14. All right. That's that's actually kind of low scoring compared to what I was thinking. It so, is, you know what? I want I want to take I want to take the Chiefs actually up to seventeen, um, so I'll I'll actually say twenty seven seventeen. Twenty seven seventeen. Okay, I I can see that happening. Um, I just think that this Eagles offense is probably going to put up way too many points, um, but I see this going one of two ways. Kansas City is going to be hanging in all game, kind of like they've did against uh, Jacksonville. Kind of like how they did against uh, the Bengals, you know, like tick tick for tack, just boom, 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 punch, 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 and then I see them, you know, maybe taking like a last second field goal and winning the game. But the other way I could see this game going is Philly gets the ball to start off, they go down and score, they three and out the Chiefs, they get the ball, go down and score down 14 nothing maybe another three and out and then maybe kick a field goal three possession game and i think they just keep rolling i i'm not expecting never doubt andy reed and his offensive scheme but i think that if this game were to snowball it's going to be in the eagles favor i don't think that it can snowball in the chiefs's favor at all with how many people they have injured even if they play they'll be dinged up you know, the names, like if we were to rank the top 10 people playing in this game, the Eagles have to have a majority of them. You know, you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Kansas City Chiefs wise, that might be it. That's it, I think. Yeah. You know, um, maybe with how, how he's been playing, if he does play, maybe you could put in Tony ever since. I mean, he's had great success since he's gone to Kansas city, but he might be that ninth or 10th guy. You know, you yeah, could put I'd say he's a little bit less proven. Yeah. You could put <laughs> Jalen hurts, Devonte Smith, miles Sanders, uh, AJ Brown, you know, and you Dallas Goddard in there. If, if you feel like it's the right matchup. Exactly. And I did forget to say, you know, Chris Jones is going to be a top 10 player in the Super Bowl. I did leave him out. Yeah, we did forget about him. Yeah. But, I was thinking about their defense. I'm like, you can't forget about CJ. Yeah, yeah. He's But other than that, you know, everyone else that you name is going to probably be from the Eagles. I don't think that you can put anyone else in there. So I think that, you know, this has a good chance to snowball. So either I think the Chiefs are going to win 34-31, or I think that the Eagles might win. 38-13, kind of like kind of like the Super Bowl that Tampa Bay beat the Chiefs. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening. See, and I, I was thinking about, like, I believe the Eagles are going to score at least 21 points. They, I don't see any way they don't score at least 21. I agree. Um, and so that's why I put them at 27. I feel like that's a good number for them. But – Man, when you look at that Eagles defense and just how dominant they've been, and then you and then you have to factor in as well health um, with the Chiefs and just some question marks, and you know, I just 
it just doesn't seem like a great like a great game script for the Chiefs to go on, at least offensively, you know. It's like they have like Andy Reid's a great coach, like you mentioned before, a great offensive mind. And they have the, the offensive talent at certain positions to do it. It just doesn't seem like the matchup and just the script favors them going into the game, you know? Yep. And I heard a stat today. This might be the reason that the Eagles put up so many points. When the Eagles will line up in the dime or, or force the Chiefs to line up in the dime set, which means six defensive backs, I think if Legereus Sneed doesn't play, because he had a concussion, I think, in the last game, and he has not played in practice and he's questionable, out of those six defensive backs, four of them are rookies. That could be a phenomenal day throwing, or if you want to run the draw with Jalen Hurts or Miles Sanders, you're going to have a day. Yeah. It's just so much optionality and versatility with the Eagles offense as well. Like when you talk about the Chiefs defense versus this offense, you also got that mismatch where it's like I feel like this offense just has so many tools and creativity with Jalen Hurts and all their running backs and AJ and Devontae with that speed and, and bulk. Um, it's just it seems like a really bad mismatch for the for the Chiefs defense as well. Like you said, it's just inexperience and I feel like Besides Chris Jones, they don't really have any other blue chip guys you can really count on game in and game out. Um, I mean, I miss, I might be missing the guy here or there, but it's like they, they just don't have a lot of alpha X factors on their defense. When you look at the Eagles defense, I mean, they got three or four of those guys, you know, you could name off the top of the head. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you talk about the Eagles offense and what they could do versus this inexperienced defense and a big playoff moment like this, I mean, they could have a huge day, and if it snowballs out of control, like you said, it has to go the Eagles' way because, I mean, it favors them. So it's going to be a real interesting game. I'm excited, not only because it's going to be our live stream, but I'm I'm hoping it's a good game. I don't want to see another blowout like the Tampa Bay game because that was, even though I loved seeing the, the Chiefs get destroyed like that, I also hated seeing Tom Brady win his seventh ring. But, <laughs> I mean... I think Super Bowls are always better when it's close. Last year was great. Even though we had two really weird teams in the Super Bowl, it was also just great to see. Yeah, I'd agree. I hope it's a really close game. And I think there's a potential it could be. Um, and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm really excited for it in our live stream. Yep. But once again, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Momentum MVP and follow our Facebook page at MVP Momentum Podcast. I've been Sam Holcroft. I've been Peyton Thompson. Thanks for listening.